0: Welcome to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, Night Two, where a bunch of people whose name you'll forget a year from now, uh, by this time next year you'll have forgotten uh, most people's name, but also Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, and Kamala Harris. They all square off for the right to be the person to disappoint Democrats next November. (sighs) Millions of Americans tuned in for a conversation on differing opinions as how to best lead our country in a post-Trump America. Instead. We saw a brutal assault of a 73-year-old. More focus on torch passing than an Olympic opening ceremony, and some of the most awkward on-camera banter since Bryant Gumbel and Deborah Norville. Yes, the Trump Report election night special, night two, starts now.
1: You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of
0: TV talk. Now let the buzz. Begin. Yes, welcome to a very special Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt, joined as so often by Chelsea Galicia. Hi there. And look down there, way at the far end of the desk. It is the return of our friend Drexel Heard. Hello, everyone. Drexel, hello. Hello. Thank you for finding your way into the studio (laughs) to give us some of your time. Uh, I would like to, as, as, uh, you know, usually we would be chivalrous and we would go ladies first, but Drexel really, it's more of a guest at this point. (laughs) So I need to know. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about last night, a little later in the show, but I really want to get started talking about tonight. Just overall thoughts. uh, Who do you think that this was a particularly good night for? And who was this a bad night for?
1: Um, You know, I think that... First off, I think that it was a really good night for Democrats in general and Fair. a really bad night for D- Donald Trump and Republicans in general. Um if I was to pinpoint like a handful of people, uh, Kamala Harris definitely won the night tonight. Um just not not on not only on policy, uh but also uh on on the way that she kind of handled herself personality. on the stage and personality. Yeah. Um Pete Buttigieg Certainly did well. You know, you cannot uh, deny the charm of the vice president, um, Vice President Biden uh, and Kirsten Gillibrand. I think she's an honorable mention in that as well, because I think she started out really strong, um, kind of cutting her way into a 10 person conversation. But uh, it is undeniable that our junior senator here in California uh, definitely won the night. tonight.
0: Um, before we talk about you know who had a less than great night, uh, same question for you, Chelsea. Who do you think uh, particularly stood out as having a good night for you?
2: Well, I was pleasantly surprised by most of what I saw from Kirsten Gillibrand, and I was kind of surprised about that. She was really good at sticking to the theme of money and politics and, mm-hmm. and corruption, which is, as she said it, the the one issue that all the other ones stem from. If we can't clean that up, how do you clean up the rest of the mess on every single issue? And then she disappointed me when they went through and asked, you know, what is the first issue that you right. would address? And she said something about, uh, she about family. You, she
1: talked about her signature issue, which is uh, univ- pre-K, universal but, pre-K and stuff like that. But so. th-
2: th- again, then that's focusing on sort of the symptom rather than the cause. And she was doing so well at speaking of the cause of the problem, money and politics, corruption, so on and so forth, that you fix that, then you can fix family leave. So um, that was great, and then I was disappointed by that. Kamala Harris is um, great on, I thought, on personality, because she showed that she can go head-to-head with Donald Trump. I think being from California is probably the biggest thing she's got going against her, actually. As proud as I am that sure. she is our senator, she's got that going against her. Of course, I've got away on how Bernie did. You know, Bernie was Bernie, which is great for consistency, and I feel like he's like the... The, the grandfather of progressive politics. Great-grandfather, but go on. Maybe you're right about that. Um, <laughs> and, and then now sort of the the younger leaders have, have taken the torch, actually. Um, I, I don't think Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders needed to hand it specifically to Eric Swalwell for the younger people to actually take the ideas of Bernie Sanders that were so radical in 2016 that are now pretty common and everybody's saying a a variation, a degree of what he was, what he made an issue uh, in 2016, which is Medicare for All. But Again, for me, the ones that stood out were all the comments about the money in politics. And I, I, I thought that Andrew Yang did a good job of getting in there from a nobody to say, I have a solution to the problems that got Trump elected. A lot of it has to do with automation. And one of the solutions is this freedom dividend. He didn't obviously get a chance to explain it. But I think he got himself in there. Um, well, and Pete Buttigieg made a great case for him to be vice president. I, I, it just would be beautiful for him to replace Pence. And I actually thought that the, most, uh, the, the issue that hurts him the most, um, the relationship with the black community because of the police shooting involved in his community, I think he had the best response that you could have, which is, I didn't get it done for somebody to admit that they could not do it, and didn't make an excuse for it, just said, I haven't gotten it done. And we can't expect our leaders to be perfect in every area, but to take responsibility for where he has failed and not kept up to the vision and the goals and the promises that he's made is is the least that somebody can do, and is a very different picture from Donald Trump, who, could you imagine him taking personal responsibility for Anything. So I I thought that that was actually a highlight moment of the entire debate and him personally, aside from his. Uh, hypocrisy about the Christians—that was pretty great too.
0: Uh, well, I mean, first of all, uh, President Trump, I think, will certainly take credit for having much better ratings on Celebrity Apprentice than Arnold Schwarzenegger ever did. I think he will certainly take all the credit and responsibility that's not for that. Personal responsibility no, I mean, for I, when
2: you don't when you I, don't I think, do well. When, I think
0: we disagree about how important that was and what a disaster <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger was for this country. Um, but no, I do know what you mean, obviously. And uh, for me, I'm look everything you guys, everything that you both talked about. About, uh, I, I don't disagree with any of it. I think that a lot of people had uh, good moments. Uh, for me, uh, let me put it back on both of you. Do you think it's a great night for somebody like Eric Slawwell, who I think I don't even say his name right? We know his Swalwell. name. Swalwell, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's, he's on our show. But, uh, but, but, well, see, there the you go. Show, yeah. See, that's that. So that's a that's a great starting point, just for the fact that people are. Seeing him probably for the first time. Uh, I, I I knew he was running for president, and I'd read articles that he was mentioned. I don't think I'd ever actually seen him speak before. I must have missed that episode you, of your show.
2: He's on a lot of cable news. Right. He's been well, putting but, himself but out there. Here's the
0: thing, though. I think that uh, an event like this is look, it, it's like the Super Bowl for well, it's, it's like the first round of the NCAA playoffs for people who watch cable news. But I think you have people who don't follow so closely are going to tune in for something like this. And when you see somebody like that, and you know he definitely had good moments. I mean, I think he leaned on the uh, passing the torch thing one time too many. It was just like, oh, I kind of wish he had something else. Uh, how much of a, of a success is a night like this? This is a guy who's not going to be the nominee. That's not the point. But for getting attention and, and for getting attention for Issues, to me, I think it's a really good night for him. I
2: mean, he definitely built his brand Mm -hmm. because he stuck to one issue, which is gun violence. Um, Great for him. I I think, again, the problem of gun violence is only going to be fixed when we fix the corruption that doesn't allow the will of the American (laughs) people to to show up in our legislation. So he should have brought up the reason why we can't do anything about gun violence is not just specifically the NRA and the gun lobby, but because of the laws that make it able for the gun lobby to have so much power in our democracy. I was waiting for the candidate that was going to frame this entire election, and it's not an election against Donald Trump. You can do that, but that's like playing like medium, mid-level field. The real frame could have been something like, this is an election against uh, is against corruption and for democracy. So Donald Trump represents the party of corruption between him and Mitch McConnell. I, I, I don't know how you you have a poster child for corruption better than those two. And then our solution is strengthening democracy. And that's how I feel that you, uh, would a candidate could have framed this whole election and set themselves heads above everybody else by being sort of... Larger than just getting stuck in the weeds of the policies, which are, of course, important. But at this point, we need somebody to set themselves apart and frame the whole issue, frame the whole election.
0: And by the way, who better to feature on a poster than two of the most attractive men in Washington, D.C., than Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell? So I think that <laughs> as poster children, they are perfectly suited for that. Uh, Drexel, uh, my sort of my point uh, about... Swalwell? Eric Swalwell? Yep, him. I feel like they're about to
2: call him Coleslaw or something like that.
0: I mean, if his name was Coleslaw, I'd remember it, believe me. (laughs) Uh, Is there somebody that's, you know, let's be honest, the the lower tier, most of them were represented last night, but for people on the stage tonight that, you know, aren't the more high profile, uh, who stood out maybe, who surprised you, let's put it that way? Um,
1: I, I think Michael Bennett. From Colorado, certainly. uh, I think some of the governors, uh, not only Michael Bennett in night two, but uh, Jay Inslee in night one, um, you know, they certainly talked about their time as governors and their success in governors, even to the point that, you know, John Hickenlooper, um, uh, you know, he came here to California. A couple of months ago, got booed on the stage at the California convention. I was in the hall at the time that it happened because he said no, uh, no socialism um, he or socialism. no medical said No, he just said that socialism is not the future of the Democratic Party. Um, and you know, California being as left-leaning as you can be, um, certainly the Democrats, um, California Democrats are certainly a lot more liberal than the state as a whole. Uh, however, uh, that certainly didn't go over well. However, but, but at the same time, tonight he laid out this is what I did as governor pretty effectively uh, in certain po- in certain points um, and, and talked about that. So um, I, I think between Michael Bennett and Governor Hickley, all the governors did well. Yeah. Uh, uh, all the governors did well to talk about what they – would bring to the table being being an executive of their state.
2: I would agree so f- with you so far as saying that Michael Bennett uh, it's not his first name. I forget. Michael Bennett. Yeah. Yes, had a, a his really first great okay, Had a great <laughs> a, a answer, in that gridlock won't end unless we get rid of Mitch McConnell. That is some some truth. We need to win the Senate. He spoke about gerrymandering. I think he was the only one who mentioned the word. And today was a horribly historic day in the in in the issue of gerrymandering the supreme court just said we're not going to get involved in partisan gerrymandering where representatives will intentionally draw the districts to their liking to keep their political party in power instead of accurately representing the the, the the electorate. So let's just say, like in North Carolina, it's about half and half Republicans and Democrats, but they drew the lines in such a way that 70% of the seats went to Republicans. And the representative who did that made it very clear, he said, quote, I prefer Republicans, I drew things in a way that would be better for the country because I believe Republicans are better for the country. And in a very divided um, decision today, along ideological lines, the conservatives said that the Supreme Court would be overreaching in its uh, judicial power to step in and, and put a stop to this, which I think is just unbelievably unbelievable that the Supreme Court would not step in to protect our elections, which is, you know, I I don't know how... I don't even know how well, they can justify
0: I, that. I don't want to get bogged down on that issue because we're but talking about. But let me just, let me just the, issue, the, because it didn't come up tonight. That's why we're not going to really talk no, about no. it. But, but but my point about that that I will say is that you can make the argument that that is not for the Supreme Court. That that is that is a states' rights issue, and that's why they could they could logically not want to get involved with that. Uh, what were you going to say, Drexel? And no, then we'll I, move I back was just going to say because
1: you know Chelsea brought up the corruption portion of it and I know that Democrats uh, just as a party have been talking about the long term strategy and I don't know that tonight was the night to talk about Donald Trump and the corruption because there's a lot of candidates, uh, there are 10 candidates on the stage I think in the next debate we'll probably see maybe half of those people not meet, meet the threshold of thousand yeah. individual unique donors and uh, so those are the times that those people, because a lot of folks had to uh, come out there and reintroduce themselves to people, had to actually introduce themselves to people, I'm pretty sure there are people tonight that they, did, they, they forgot about people from last night. Um, so those are the time. We have enough time um, over the next couple of months as we get th- through more debates to actually frame the party's uh, message uh, as, as to how to go after Trump. And I think it's going to be very difficult if you're not asked direct questions about that uh, to kind of weave that into it because there's a lot, not a lot of time. Uh, 60 seconds is not a lot of time to kind of make a debate that's not it's solely about you as a candidate. Right. The junk. Speaking um, of
2: questions, can we debate the? The, the quality of the questions. Did you think that they were good enough to get some, to give you a real idea of where these people? I, I think are, some of the questions
0: uh, were good, and that goes to both nights. Uh, and I think some of them, you know, I, I, I think I, I don't know for uh, for a debate this size, it's very difficult to try and right. include everybody in it. I think that they raised some good issues that they clearly knew that you know the the racial issue was going to be something that uh, you know, that is for something for Mayor Pete to talk about. And then also... They they knew where they were gonna when they were gonna get uh, where they were gonna um, rattle Biden basically you know so it was very pointed but I think an event like this needs to be you know I I don't I mean it's not you know it's not a uh, despite what uh, the other side will tell you about MSNBC and the personalities on it I mean this was not like a you know a DNC event so I think the fact that some of the candidates looked uncomfortable at times was good I I think that they shouldn't coast through this debate because whoever is the nominee is not going to have a, an easy time against uh, president trump and whoever uh, is you know uh, on a stage with uh, with pence for the vp debate what were you going to say drexel
1: i was just going to say i think that you know i always go into movies and you know my husband tim will tell you uh, that i always go into movies uh, with low expectations mm-hmm. of what i'm about to watch and i think that we have Two We go into we went some folks went into this first debate, thinking that it was going to be the one to set the tone. This was not a debate to set the tone of this of of the primary right it was just something that. There are just too many people, and we we, we 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 can't expect all these candidates to say you know this that and the third like you know Senator Sanders and folks know how I feel about Bernie Sanders. Uh, um, <laughs> well, uh, you,
2: you have to reintroduce yourself to this. Sure, on. that's true. People He's basically anti-Bernie. Yeah. Right. I'll just uh, put it succinctly. <laughs> well, you know, um,
0: Bernie would say that that's ageist. The fact know. that you don't like it. Well, I I so heard him. In the <laughs> I know, I heard him in the in the post uh, the post the post game interview as as you can call it and. People raising the questions as to whether or not 73 years old is too old to be president is an ageist. Because if you're hiring a construction team to build a house and they're all 73, you think, you know what, I don't know that they're up to the job. Yeah, because so they, that's can't, not ageist. they may not
2: be able to perform the core functions of the job. Correct. In, sure, this, and I- in this role, you can.
0: Well, so I mean, think debatable. of our think of our oldest presidents that we have. We have Ronald Reagan and we have Donald Trump. Sure. So those are two of the oldest people to sit in that office.
1: And and one one what I what my point was on, on on Senator Sanders is that you had a lot of folks on the stage and Bernie Sanders became an afterthought in this entire debate. And uh, you know, he looked for for what he considers himself to be a front runner um he seemed very small compared to the some of the other uh folks that were on that stage and i think he's going to have a harder time with somebody like kamala harris up there who can debate very well as we can see uh somebody like elizabeth warren who is not going to give him a pass like um hillary clinton did uh i don't think the i think the women are very prepared for Joe Biden and for Bernie Sanders. And they're certainly not going to um, let them get would, it. Would
0: anymore. you characterize, this sort of goes back to something I raised in the beginning that we haven't quite gotten to yet. Uh, would you say that this was a, was this a bad night for Bernie? It, it, or uh, was I, it, it was an average night for Bernie and he you know just sort of highlighted where he stands in all this? Sure,
1: I think the headlines will not mention Bernie Sanders. The if headlines
0: if, are mentioning Biden. And, and if yeah. they do
1: mention Bernie Sanders, it will be that... He, Not in a positive light. Not because he did not. Not because the things that he has not said has not been consistent. But because he did not rise to the occasion that everybody expected him to rise to.
2: I think that you're forgetting that one of the biggest issues, healthcare, and. Corruption. The, there were people that mentioned money and politics and how we're we going to clean stuff up. All of them. The, the first one to say any of this stuff was Bernie Sanders. So all sure, of them are carrying. Sure, but that variation. Sure,
1: but that was 2016. This is 2019. We, we're, we're in the process of trying to. Elect they're it, having uh, his president.
2: conversation. So sure, and he having, won on right. some right. level. And they're
1: having this conversation without Bernie Sanders, and they will continue to have this conversation without Bernie Sanders going Bernie into 2020.
2: Sanders gave them permission to sure, have Bernie the Sanders conversation. Sanders didn't give
1: anybody permission. No to one do was
2: talking about this um, stuff before him, sure. and these people have been uh, around listen, since I, I think, before I think. That, I, think
1: there's a, I think there are a lot of, of issues that Bernie has uh, certainly latched himself onto and made it popular, but these are not issues. Democrats have been talking about health care for years, since the 90s. You know, not they, Medicare for
2: all.
1: What I'm saying is they've talk, been talking about a variation of universal health care for years. So I, I think that, and, and you heard in candidates today, talk about uh, how best they wanted to address health care only on night one and night two and I think everybody has a version of universal health care or Medicare for all that they want to address that does not necessarily mean Bernie has a monopoly on these issues and he certainly does not no well, but I'm
2: saying that the fact that his ideas are now mainstream it, means he is sure, one he, he, well, he, he, he won the war even if he didn't win the battle
0: if he believes that the cause is more important than him being the nominee which sure. I actually don't think he does
2: I, it, I but, would entirely <laughs> disagree I, with you I, I
0: just 2 this is all based on his, uh, his post-debate uh, interview sure. with uh, Andrea Mitchell, right. where you just... I, I, I see a guy who, for all of the ideas that he brings to the table, is a lifelong politician, and lifelong politicians <laughs> love being politicians, am I, am I? and they want to keep being politicians, and you keep wanting to get the next best job, and there's only one more job that he can try to get that he hasn't had. I think that the nomination was... Uh, he didn't get a fair chance at the nomination in 2016. Let's put it that way. And I think it's probably made him uh, want it even more than he did uh, four years ago or three and a half years ago, whatever. I just wanted to point sure. out
1: just in, in terms of the healthcare question, because Bernie had the first question of the night for the most yes. part. And, you know, like the front runner, like, like a couple of people in the debate yesterday, he had to be reminded to answer the actual well, direct question. That,
0: but to and, be and, fair, a lot and, of people had to get the reminder. And what I'll say is I'll give him credit for you know it's not necessarily the way to win but for credit for saying yes i'm going to raise taxes in the middle class right But, I, he, but he tried, he did, to, not but he tried it. to not answer he tried to not answer the question and
1: then and but i think the moderators have been doing a good job of saying yeah. i need you to answer the question i, I would not say that your, that's the
0: best thing that they did is they would do that i'm going to give you 10 more seconds could you please answer the question which they did not do in the last election right. which they have not you know, right so. which is not something you usually see um for me i would say that somebody that i know very little about and i first heard the name from chelsea is Marianne Williamson? Uh, this was not a good night for her. I don't know what she's doing here. I don't know how she qualified. Uh, I did hear her say things that I've heard Chelsea say before. So it's like it was, it was a reminder of like I know why you, why you at least in some level like some of what she has to say. I don't know if you actively think she's a great candidate, but I know that you like some of what she has to say. And I heard a lot of things throughout the night that I was like, oh, it's it's almost like. All these people are vying for Chelsea because you heard a lot of them saying things I'm like, "I've heard you say this," "I've heard you say that," you know. And it's just like, and they're all like trying to find the right thing that'll make you go, "Yes, I love Alan Yang. That's who my guy Alan is." I'm Yang. just picking somebody who Andrew, I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you Twala?
1: know anybody's name? No. Uh, I, there's <laughs> That's Jim, why we're here. There's Jim <laughs> Biden. Jim, Jim <laughs> Biden
0: <laughs> is great. Uh, and um, Colonel Sanders? I, I already forget who well. we were talking about. Oh, yeah, Eleven Herbs and Spices. Yep. Yeah, uh, so, Not a lot of flavor. Uh, but uh, what do you, who, who do you think that, uh, and, and I'll only let you pick one, mm-hmm. who do you think that this was just not a great night for? There's uh, no wrong answer. Even well, if they're not on the stage it becomes a more difficult answer. Okay.
2: So I'm going to take the bait that you put out for me and I'll say it was not a great night for Marianne Williamson yeah. as uh, you know I, I was a volunteer on her campaign and right. I and I firmly believe in what she stands for and, and and the positions that she has and my framing of of what's important is largely paint colored by my experience uh, on on her campaign. I didn't hear her dig deep on the things that brought me to be a supporter of her. She did mention taking on, why are things like this? It's because of food policy and environment and chemical policy. Yes. Um, and then she kind of went off on, on think the president of New Zealand. Like she yeah, tried that to be cute with that. That's the
0: specific moment and where she, I was like, oh, come on. And
2: then she did exactly what I figured she was going to do, which would take her and I feel like the sort of spiritual searcher community down a notch, which in her closing, she said, you know, I'm going to make, you know, Donald Trump operates on, on fear and I'm going to operate on love. And it, it just does not make sense in this context. To understand what she's saying, you kind of have to read her books or the, the the Course in Miracles, which calls a miracle a shift in perspective from one of fear to love. But just saying that in a 45-second thing about what it does not, it doesn't work. I, and it, I think it, it brought her down and brought the idea of the power of love. Actually, it trivialized I, it because th- she I only had 45 I think this format
0: seconds. was not... Uh, Something that was tailor made for her. You know, it was not, it was not to, she might do very well just speaking to a crowd. I I don't know. I mean, you volunteered. Yeah, I just, and I think that there are a lot of people who clearly did not get that much time, and so then they try to make the most of the time that they do get. Uh, But uh, yeah, I I think
2: it's one of those like, in life, like a thing to do is to hear Marianne Williamson speak when she is at her best. And I'm saying this as somebody who has not donated to this campaign at all, who has not volunteered, and who's who's frankly had a bit of a personal falling out. Um, but to, to listen to her and to under, to, she is phenomenal. But I knew that this was not going to, Turn out, well, this is not where she does well, and um, I think it was, you know, unfortunate for her um, that she chose, you know, and I knew a very long time ago that she was planning to run for president, and I uh, have never thought it was a good idea, and her whole thing about she just wanted to get on the debate stage, but that is not going to do anything for for her or for the the perspective that she wishes to um Encourage the American people to take. So I, I would say that that was the unfortunate <laughs> outcome. Um,
0: I, I want to uh, use the phrase "Me Too" not in the way that we use it now, but in the way what it used to mean, which was the, and that's the way that I think that Joe Biden was using it because he invoked a lot of Obama's track record, and it and it was in the the old style of "Me Too," like, "Hey, I was there too. Remember me?" Mm. and I Look, I don't know how involved he was, but as vice president, it doesn't strike me... It struck me as he was taking way too much credit for what President Obama did. And I don't know a better way he could have done that. So I'm not even saying that it was... I think he did it one time too many for me. Uh, Am I wrong in in that feeling, Drexel? Uh, Do you think he actually is more involved or was more involved uh, in the Obama administration than I think he was? I mean, I don't know. We weren't there.
1: But I think that president obama is the most popular democrat in the country and if you're going to tie yourself to anybody uh, he is the most popular democrat in the country and uh so if you're going to tie yourself where's that poll i need scott where the heck is scott when you tie yourself to somebody um you're certainly going to tie yourself to uh you know to, to president obama so do you
2: think that president obama would have won this debate if he was up there in, in, in either of these rounds well, yesterday. Well, now that, he,
0: that he's kind of like retired, and he's probably starting smoking <laughs> again, you know, he's but just hanging the, but out.
2: But now I he think, seems I think, too Pres- moderate.
0: I think that President Obama, if, if it was a 2007
1: President Obama going up against this group, President Obama would be fine in this in this group because if you remember, President Obama came with a lot of fire in 2007. He was um, a lot more left uh, yeah. uh, of the thing, and right. I think the presidency forces you back to the center because now you have a whole swap. Which is of people. why you need
2: to go in um, a little bit more to the left. So when so it pulls you back to the right, you sure, end up you in the center. you don't want to you don't want
0: to right. go off the cliff, right? And I think that some people There's are ready no, to go off no, the cliff. No, no, um, no. Look, but, regardless <laughs> of how popular Obama is, it does make sense. He look, he's still very popular. Uh, I think you have a lot of Democrats that uh, if somehow all of a sudden and It's like, oh, actually, you know what? Sure. We we, we miss some paperwork. You can actually get a third term. I think people would very happily vote. Nope. No, and,
1: and, and I think you so see you, that. So you,
0: you would you wouldn't vote for Barack Obama. Well, it, I mean, if he if, was no, a no, nominee, if but if, he if was your ballot on is Barack 20? Obama, Donald Trump. You're just not going to vote that, that
2: day? That is not what I said. Okay. Well, that's why I that's I'm why saying I if he was one of the 20, he right. would not be my choice for the nominee. But I think the other... part, so so Jimmy, Yang,
0: Jimmy Yang would be your choice? I, oh, my sure. God, Jimmy Yang. Uh, but I think the other part of the, the, the
1: equation certainly are African-American voters, which is Barack Obama is... Like at probably 98% approval rating amongst African American voters, uh, particularly in the Democratic Party. So I think that if you're going to tie yourself, Joe Biden is polling higher than anyone uh, in this race with African American voters and higher than the two African American candidates as well. Kamala Harris certainly is racking up the endorsements in South Carolina as she should be. um, And I'm sure she'll do Maryland. She has racked up almost every endorsement here in California. Um, So you're starting to see that. But I think Joe Biden still being the most popular candidate among African-American voters, he's going to tie himself to the most popular African-American candidate because he knows that is going to win over African-American voters. So it is a smart move for from a numbers game, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how that's going to play over well. Um, you know, a, a, as we start to look down the down the line, but you know, it, you know, to go back to your question on who kind of who kind of, lo- who kind of
2: well, probably shouldn't be
1: on this stage at all, um, Marianne Williamson. Hey. Well, let, but, she
2: won the, cri- she no, no, the yeah. criteria. But, but she got the criteria. She should
1: be what, on what the I'm stage. Saying, yeah. What, what, yeah, yeah, she won't be on the next stage, is what I'm saying. Um, she's she, no way. She's kidding. I would be really shocked um, after tonight. Um, Um, But I also think that Andrew Yang really, for somebody whose main issue uh, was universal basic income, to not be able to explain how it works and to explain how you're going to pay for it when it is your signature issue. Is disappointing. It, it, I, I was just so like that's I'm, a debate
2: question what, issue, what which I'm is saying, why I thought they got what, what like I'm a C. Is they on they this.
1: gave him the plat. They gave him the time right. to talk about it, and they said, "This is it." And then he started to talk about it. And then I was like, "So are you going to explain?" Well, he asked. Any of that?
2: He was asked only how, basically, how would you pay for it? And that's why sure. he had to talk about. Well, it's hard to do it when you have Amazon paying no tax. You'd have to do a value added tax and do a trickle up economy. Yeah, that, yeah, but you're that,
1: trying that, to you're trying to oversimplify a question by just saying, "I oh, can't explain it." I me. saying. If, you, if this is your only issue, is this the one issue that you are known for, and this is how you got to the debate stage? You better have a really good, he, you better have multiple answers for one issue. I, I, and he I think
2: just he did t- great at answering that question.
0: But uh, I mean, I was just shocked that he couldn't answer it, kind of like... Bernie Sanders tonight. He couldn't answer a lot of questions tonight. Uh, we were sort of talking. You're, you, you, uh, Drexel a moment ago. You were talking about you know Joe Biden trying to you know uh, be, be, attach himself to President Obama because of the popularity that that would bring in the uh, the black community. Obviously. Uh, that's been a bit of an issue, and Kamala Harris uh, did a great job of raising it, and I think that is rightly what everyone is really talking about. There's some other. She had a lot of uh, really strong moments. One of which was when the food race. Fight. Well, the food fight was good. That was the first one, uh, and then when a, a, a racial question came up, uh, she uh, she wasn't going to be asked anything, but the, then she made the the mm-hmm. moderators give her time as the only yes, as the only African American on the stage. can i please speak about race right. i think you know she didn't say please i think so. i'm going to speak right. about race which almost mim which also was almost
1: mirrored the question last night on women's issues that um that amy klobuchar brought up and that should have been uh, tulsi gabbard and amy klobuchar and elizabeth warren's time to talk about women's issues in yeah. the way that kamala harris just commanded the race issue uh, tonight and you know it got to the point where the moderators didn't even she i'm 100% she went over the time that she was supposed to be allotted and they were not going to interrupt her in that time because they were like well this is very serious and they split screened it because they knew what was going to happen yeah. and uh, and she talked about it in a way that um, I think she's going to get certainly going to get hit um on her prosecutorial record here in California with black voters. Um uh, but it certainly gave her an opening right. um to be able to connect with black voters probably a little bit more than she has in the past by saying, I'm addressing this head on and I'm going to continue to address this because that whole anecdote, I mean, it was ba- clearly it was, was clearly a issue. rehearsed yeah. Yeah. anecdote. Sure. Yeah. But it landed to where you where everybody was like well do you I don't think know that she's
2: going to gonna be accused of like destroying the front runner the way that Bernie was accused of taking down Hillary I mean if you try and take down Joe Biden no, I, on I, this really sensitive sure. issue
1: I think no I think that Kamala Harris um, uh, will be a candidate who people see as an equal to Joe Biden on a certain level mm-hmm. I don't know that that any I don't know that a Obviously, a majority of Democratic voters uh, agree uh, that Bernie Sanders was on equal footing in terms of um, with Hillary Clinton. But I think in this case, Kamala Harris is strong enough, and I said it today, you know we saw, what we saw a reason as to why Kamala Harris deserves to be on that debate stage and what and what a, a large swath of uh, voters in South Carolina and in uh, california and and what folks are going to start to see across the country, it only helps her in the polls to knock Joe Biden down a couple of pegs because in the next debate, she went after Joe Biden. If I were Kamala Harris, I would go after Bernie Sanders next. And I think that she's going to start to pick off people to bring her poll numbers up, yeah. to bring everybody down a little bit because she's already shot across. Uh, uh, is she going to do that to Elizabeth Warren? Because Elizabeth Warren.
2: Well, Warren's no. About I,
1: I, think, I, I think that eventually, if it, it's down to her and Elizabeth, which I would love, um, <laughs> I would love that. Um, I, I think they're going to talk. They're going to frame their experience uh, in a way that is going to be respectful, uh, but will also be very challenging to each other. Elizabeth's going to hit Kamala on a more, her more moderate record as a, as a prosecutor in, in San Francisco. And and Kamala's probably going to hit Elizabeth on on being uh, a coastal elite who, um, who people have a hard time connecting with. And so I would certainly like right. to
0: see that. So before we run out of time, uh, we talked a little bit about Night One, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because uh, we did a show on that last night. If you haven't <laughs> seen it, you can go ahead and find it. Uh, it uh, so let's say, uh, so well, from last night's debate stage Elizabeth Warren is I would say the most high profile candidate the, the one with the best name recognition the best poll numbers for sure if you could only take, this is very hypothetical, if you could only take one other person, so out of that ten, Elizabeth Warren is going to move on to the next round, the next debate, but only one other person, who do you think, based on their performance last night, would be the, the one who, along with Elizabeth Warren, because it's, she's kind of an obvious answer, uh, who do you think it ha- was had the strongest showing last night and belongs on the debate stage you know more so than somebody like Marion Williamson or other people who were up there tonight. I see Chelsea thinking long and I'm, hard. I'm
2: looking over the uh, names that Drexel. Yeah, so ask. if
0: Drexel has an answer, will let Chelsea continue to ponder. Uh, I
1: think it should have been the person who should have been the vice presidential nominee in 2016, and that is Julian Castro. Um, yeah,
0: I, I did think he had a he had some really good moments last night. You know, I, I don't thought, know what that was. That's <laughs> well, that was that was the Jerry Springer show. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, but um, we'll, we'll have we'll have our. <laughs> We'll be back with our final thought in a moment. Anyway,
1: go ahead. Uh, but listen, I think that Julian Castro, um, I, I think his ability to jockey Beto O'Rourke last night yeah. showed that he can debate well. Um, not only can he debate well, but he can attack well. And I think that you're, that is something that um, was needed uh, last night. I, I wish that he would have called out folks who are... There was a lot of Spanish speaking last night, and I and and, and, and listen. Okay. It was a lot of Rosetta Stone, stop Spanish speaking last night. Um, but if I were him, you know, I, I would yeah. remind people that you know he's the one that 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 grew up in in the way that people believe Better or war grew up, uh, and, and that is not the case, and that he uh, certainly is a candidate um, that will be able to reach out to a what I believe, and I'm sure everybody else knows, is going to be the largest voting block in America uh, over the next decade, uh, which is the Hispanic community. So I, I think that Julian. Castro deserves to be on the next debate stage um, with the, with the big times, and then that will that will show us on whether or not he can be president. Um, I still believe he would make a great vice president. Sure, um, and but. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, but yeah.
2: I, I don't have a response. All I do, all I can do, is come up with a reason to disagree with Drexel. <laughs> so you don't have anybody. Do.
0: You think Elizabeth Warren is the only one from last night who, you know, again, this is a hypothetical. You don't, you don't take anybody from last night. You said if, if this, I mean, if I this guess
2: we were I could say Booker, on, but like, no, yeah, we'll but, see there. but here, but I, if I, I could have a second to to explain why I would disagree with Drexel, Julian Castro made a very passionate plea to. Um, to revert, I, I, I said this like again last night and I should The regulation yep, or the part of, the, of uh, um, an act that would make like Section 1325 right, right? that would make, instead of it being criminally illegal to come across the border, that it would just be a civil penalty. And I think that, um, not like we should all just care about what Trump's gonna say about that, but that feeds into this whole open border thing. And I think that more attention should be to helping the the area, the Northern Triangle, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador clean up um, the reasons why people are leaving, uh, for us to fix as best we can, the, our, the effect that we have had on exploiting the area. I think that would have been better than to say we should effectively make it easier easier and incentivize people to come over more. I think that that was going to turn off some uh, independents and definitely some Republicans. Sure, but
1: I also think to that point, um, the question tonight about whether or not uh, illegal immigrants should have health care certainly is going to be a question that I, I, I think either way Democrats are going to get hit because every hand went up on that stage tonight it, it, on almost all the front. I think runners. it was a very so
2: damaging question. I was to actually ask.
1: shocked that they that nobody hesitated. Actually, Joe Biden was the only one that hesitated to raise his yeah. hand. Which I was like, "Are you going to yeah, raise?" But when you him see him? everybody like, else does right.
0: And by the way, uh, if if you go, I think it's on the Drudge Report. You can see oh, the cov- well. You can see the cover of the New York Post from tomorrow, which is uh, it's that picture of everybody raising their hand and then the question above it is who wants to lose the election and everybody's got their hand raised. Uh, That's not an issue that, I I mean, that can be an issue that, uh, you know, for you don't even have to be that far to the left you can be but if you're solidly you know a democrat you you could feel that way and maybe disagree but i think for moderates and and yeah like chelsea said especially for republicans it that, that is not a winning issue and because we only have a, a really a couple minutes i do want to kind of circle back to the point that was raised so who was it was it hickenlooper that said that socialism can't be trump yeah. so uh I'm inclined to agree that if the Democratic nominee identifies himself or herself as a socialist, even if you say Democratic Socialist, uh, I think it becomes very easy for President Trump to run against that, uh, because that's a very damaging word. So I'm not asking this specifically about Bernie. I'm saying if whomever the nominee is, if they identify as... If the word socialist is something mm-hmm. that they use to describe themselves, do you think that they can win against Donald Trump in
2: 2020? Um, pr- probably not. But this, yeah. but I'm heartened by the language of like Elizabeth Warren and Kirsten sure. Cholibrand, who is like, we want to clean up the corruption in our capitalism. Yes. And so um, I like that that language now is more center. I I like the fact that we have more left candidates to that because then it makes them look center. Whereas if we didn't have Bernie, then they would be the left and then they would be accused of of socialism just because of where they lay on the spectrum. But I also
1: think to your point Elizabeth Warren's uh, version of corruption, and Kirsten Gillibrand had a really great answer on capitalism tonight. We, we clearly see that Kirsten Gillibrand is a capitalist. Being able to explain capitalism in a way that is not a dirty word um, to the American people, which which is what Bernie does not do, um, is something that is a winning issue for a large swath of Americans. And and Bernie not being able to explain that um, is, is to his detriment because I think that if you if, if we are going to talk about corruption, and if you believe That Bernie is the one that brought it up first, he has not been able to explain. What I'm saying is he's not (laughs) been able to explain it in a way that it Brings more people to the table across all different spectrums. I
2: have because I've heard him speak in person, where he had like twenty minutes to explain.
1: Sure, but I think that when you don't have twenty minutes and you got to you've got to be able to uh, effectively uh, ex- uh, to tell the American people where you stand, uh, you better have a good answer. And this is not Bernie's first rodeo, and he was unable to explain a lot of stuff tonight. And oh, uh, man, you know, you are just, and I uh, but, how, but, but I also the but, hate. <laughs> it's not hate. I'm just saying well, for what it was for a front runner, there was a lot of missed opportunity tonight it wasn't it well, was not about it's not about burning it's yeah. just like with joe biden had a lot of missed opportunity tonight and for the most part uh, you know, that was a problem for him, and he was not able to do that. I also think that Democrats should have been tying themselves, if you want to really talk about corruption, they should have been tying themselves to H.R. 1, which was the Democrats' first bill out of the House this year, um, and, and really talking about uh, the things that Democrats have been doing uh, over the last six months, which is, this is what Democrats are doing, this is what we plan on be, on, on going forward with. I agree with, you know, can't say I agree with Nancy Pelosi, but I agree with X, Y, and Z, and the policies that we've been putting forth, and Republicans haven't been doing that over the past decade or, or two. And
2: they're blocking it because of of corruption, they're not doing their job, Right. McConnell gets to decide which Supreme Court members are going right. you know, right.
0: to so anyways. We're we're pretty much out of time and uh-huh. I do want to give credit to everybody who was in the chat. Uh Storage Yard Resident pointing out that we have not incorporated the conversation from the chat. Storage Yard Resident, <laughs> uh we love that you're always here. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Uh when we have our next live show, which will not be this Tuesday, it'll be Tuesday, July 9th. Uh please raise the question that you did in the chat. Uh, which is uh, America does not need any more immigration uh, we don 't have time to answer that, but we could spend a whole I don't show know on what it that means. well th- that 's why I want to really have that conversation, but we don 't have the time for it. Uh, but what I will give you is that when I was talking about if uh, if uh, Barack Obama could magically get a third term. He said uh, uh, President Trump deserves a third term. Wow. So, I, you know, it's he, through and through, very consistent. So no
2: more of Republicans saying we are law and order, we believe in the Constitution, well, because that's literally... He just deserves
0: it. No. Hey, I just tried to give Barack Obama a third term, all right? So let's let's be honest. Uh, anyway, we appreciate everybody's there in the chat, uh, including Tim, who's not usually there, by the uh, way. I know. So, But well, that's because you're not usually there. Hi, here. Tim. Yeah, true. it was great to see you. Uh, great to see everyone. Uh, so, yes, as I mentioned, our next live show uh, will be Tuesday, July 9th mostly just because, uh, well, we had two shows this week, but I'm going to be away with my family. So, uh, everybody, have a good uh, 4th of July. And uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. Chelsea, where do people find you? On Twitter at Chelsea Galicia. And Drexel, where do people find you, and they should, at Drexel Herd. Thank you uh, so much to everyone. I uh, hope you enjoy the conversation. Uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. Thanks.
2: Bye.